I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in, episode 151 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz, some say. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvolution, you can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email dynastydebates at gmail.com there are many ways to get in touch many ways to get involved let me know what you love what you hate what you want to hear more of about the show you should let me know because the show exists to encourage and help you be better at dynasty fantasy football and to share the love and passion that we all share for the amazing game of dynasty fantasy football so if you have been following along Episode 150 was the start of our recap of the 2022 wide receiver rookie class, which was a very good class, I must say. I split it in two because me and my good friend Wyatt, who is on the show, who will be on this show, we talked for about an hour and a half, and I figured that might be a little bit too long of an episode, so we've split it into two. This is part two. If you didn't listen to part one, go back and check it out and come back and check this out. Part two of the rookie wide receiver recap of 2022 with amazing guest Wyatt Bertoloni, the bearded Bertoloni, as I call him. You can check him out at WyattB underscore FF over on Twitter. He is awesome. Check out all his work with JWB Fantasy. He contributes over at DLF. He is also a ranker for Fantasy Pros, all around good dude. So yes, without any further ado, let us jump into some more now second year players and see how they did. Something is wrong with you. I got a fever. Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever. So we've talked about Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave. My next wide receiver was actually Traylon Burks. So he was, I know a lot of people, analytics people more so were really high on him. I just wasn't that high on him. Like I still liked him. Obviously he was my wide receiver six and what is a very good wide receiver class. I sort of had like a mid first round grade on him. There was other wide receivers. I liked more. There was running backs. I liked more things like that, but I did like him. I had some reservations and I feel personally fairly justified. I, I'm not saying, you know, that he's a bust or that he's a bum or anything like that. He still had flashes. He still looked good. I still think there's more to come, but he certainly didn't, you know, come out and and just make me eat my words and make make me look like an idiot for not putting him as my wide receiver one or anything like that. So I gave him an like I said, my draft grade for Burks was a solid 84. And on the year, he only played in 11 games. He did have a little bit of an injury bug there, missed a few games, um, had some ups and downs, certainly struggled in training camp, but he had 11 games played, 54 targets, 33 receptions, 444 receiving yards, 13.5 yards per reception, 658 air yards, one receiving touchdown, and 8.6 fantasy points per game. I know that's not very exciting numbers, not very sexy numbers, but again, let's try and dig into it. Let's look at some of the underlying stats. Let's be fair to him, and let's try and figure out, is he a buy-low opportunity target guy? Is he just somebody that you're just going to wait and see? Um, as far as like 
you know, according to things like player profiler, things like that, he had a 17.6% target share, which again, that's not that exciting. That's not that high. We don't love to see that, but let's not forget CD lamb had about an 18% target share his rookie year. So that's certainly not something to, you know, write him off for just yet. Um, he had a 23.8% target rate. So when he was out there running routes, he was getting targeted fairly well. Um, that would be 31st in the NFL. He had a 6.7 target quality rating, which is actually ninth in the NFL. So that was quite surprising, but probably a lot of that has to do with probably a shallow depth of target, things like that. So he's getting solid targets because they're like shorter, small, and more targets out of the slot or, you know, things that are specifically drawn up for him. He's not getting these deep bombs and stuff like that that can be a lot less um, accurate. So he had a 79.6% catchable target rate, which was 30th. He had 411 unrealized air yards, which was 51st. And he only had a 13.3% dominator rating. So again, dominator rating talks about your team's touchdowns and your team's receptions and yards and things like that. So wasn't the most dominant performance from a rookie. And he only had 197 yards after catch, uh, which was 49th in the NFL. Now, again, he didn't play all full complimented games and he did have a couple of really nice games, but I was a little bit surprised at that. I sort of figured that he would excel at Yak. I just worried about some of the other things like his route running and and, and such like. So yeah, it, it is sort of a mixed bag. I'm going to pull up the PFF um, stats here, but I do want to hear from Wyatt because I know he was a good bit higher than me um, coming into the NFL and before the draft and stuff like that. So what are your thoughts? Like how, what's your vibe like now that you've seen him for a year, you know, be, albeit with some injuries, with some suboptimal quarterback play, what are your thoughts on Traylon Burks going forward in Dynasty? Yeah, I, I was high. He was, as I mentioned earlier, he's my wide receiver two before the NFL draft, wide receiver three after the NFL draft. I just, I liked his game. Um, I, I am more of an analytical person. So as you said, he looked good in the analytical spreadsheets a little bit more. And I just feel like in today's NFL that, Coaches are more likely to cater to a player's strengths like Traylon Burks as opposed to just trying to make them fit into a cookie cutter, whatever a wide receiver should be that they think. So I just kind of had confidence that the Titans would cater to what he does best while he continues to learn how to run the full route tree. Uh, now, now his rookie year, I think his rookie year is a little bit of like a Rorschach test. You can kind of look at it and draw whatever you want to from it. Uh, you could look at his rookie season and say, yeah, he struggled in training camp because he doesn't run a real full route tree. Uh, so it's no surprise. He started slow out of the gate. You know, um, you can look at it like me and say, well, uh, he, he dealt with some injuries. Uh, he got the concussion right when he was really coming into form. You know, he had a, a couple games in a row that were good good games before the concussion and then was out again and finished the season. Okay. I mean, like you can, I think you can draw whatever conclusions you want to from his rookie season. I think if you were a believer in Traylon Burks before the season, you probably still are. I think if you were lower on Traylon Burks before the season, you probably still are lower than him. Um, and so kind of similar to Jamison Williams in that way, except, you know, Traylon Burks played a little bit more. He get, put up a little bit more on tape for people to actually look at. He hasn't really moved much for me all year for that, for that reason is that, I think like you started to see the flashes of the potential. I still think the ceiling is really high for him as a player, uh, but uh, I do, there are concerns there. Uh, so like he's my wide receiver um, 23 in dynasty. And I would guess I'm a little bit higher than consensus with that ranking. I think that he might be a person you want to try and um, acquire. It's a little bit tough just because we don't really know what's going to happen at QB there. Ryan Tannell still under contract, but, they don't seem that much married to 
keeping him around. We know that Malik Willis ain't it <laughs> from what we saw there. That's part of the problem too, that Ryan Tannehill missed time. It, it's, I think, uh, more more so than anything, Traylon Burks is kind of just a hold for everyone, I think, at this point. You know what? I, I genuinely, one of the things I pride myself in, in, in fantasy football, in Dynasty, and as a content creator, is not having take lock and is not... Um, holding on to my biases and my pre my preconceived notions. So I wasn't a huge Traylon Burks guy. I liked him, didn't love him. But having said all that, I actually am going to go out there and say, I'm going to be more bullish than you. Not I'm not, I, I'm like my wife's here 27, 28. So I'm a little bit lower, but I actually think he's a buy. I think he's a buy because mm-hmm. same sort of reason I've talked about this whole episode. I'm a ceiling kind of player. I want to play for the ceiling. I want to swing for the ceiling because yes, you might, you might strike out, but it's that whole Babe Ruth thing. It's like you, you set the record for, for home runs and you set the record for strikeouts because when you do hit those home runs, they matter so much more. You know what I mean? If you have three or four yeah. wide receiver threes on your team, so what you can pick those up a dime a dozen, but if you get one wide receiver one that you got in the third round or you got for a second round pick, that is how you start to win in dynasty, you start to build a dynasty. Um, So for me, I think he's a buy because people freak out with uncertainty. They freak out with uh, disappointment, stuff like that. So I think because people were so high on him or a lot of people were so high on him and then he had such a disappointing by a lot of terms, by a lot of metrics rookie year. But we, like you said, we did see flashes. We know there's possibilities. We know that they at some level believe in him. They traded AJ Brown away and like, you know, took him as the heir apparent, the replacement. I mean, people are going to feel a lot different if Derek Carr ends up in Tennessee this year or something like that. People are all of a sudden going to be like, Ooh, Hey, wait, what about Traylon Burks right now? Because we don't know. And everyone's freaked out and everyone doesn't know probably a really great time. Like I know even in the middle of the season there before all of the negativity had happened, it was still up in the air. He'd missed a couple of games. He was kind of, I think I picked him up for like a 23 second and he went from being, you know, in a high oh, first that. round pick to being a second round pick, you know, within a couple of weeks or a month or, you know, whatever it was a couple of months into the season. So I think right now is a time to go and knock on some doors because if he hits the return on investment could be massive. And I don't think, I honestly don't think anybody's out there demanding a high 23 first form right now. I don't think that's happening. I think you can get him right now with rookie fever building. You wait even a little bit longer, but right now you can probably go out there, throw out, you know, somebody like a Nico Collins and a 23 second, and you could probably land Traylon Burks. I would be pretty confident you could get that done in a lot of leagues. And I think that's a, that's a smash to me. Yeah. My issue is that I, because I was high on him, I have a decent exposure to him already. So, you know, like exactly. That's it. It's the it's the Achilles heel of being so smart, Wyatt. You know, you just don't get to take advantage of these buy low opportunities because you've already got them. Well, but well, yeah, I, I, will, I will go on record as so saying I think, thing, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I'll go on record as saying I do think he's a buy low. I think he he would be a solid return on investment because I don't think you're going to have to spend that much. I don't think you're going to have to give away your first round pick. I think you can get him for a second and a player that has a decent ceiling, but does not have the same ceiling as a Traylon Burks as a first round pick in an offense that we've seen you know, AJ Brown dominated, you know, before. So I mean, I'm not saying he's AJ Brown. Don't hear what I'm not saying. AJ Brown's my dynasty wide receiver three. I love AJ Brown. I'm not saying that about Traylon Burks, but I am saying he's certainly got a ceiling to him. He could easily be one of those like mid wide receiver twos, maybe even a low end wide receiver one. If he's, if he really hits, you know, what we would want to see. So moving on too much Traylon Burks talk for me, we're going to talk about another guy I absolutely loved and it's George Pickens. So George Pickens actually had the exact same grade as Traylon Burks for me in my, you know, sort of 
grading scale, it was an 84. They literally were tied. I gave the tiebreaker to Traylon Burks just because of his, um, you know, his, like I said, analytical sort of under, underscoring, like the amount of just yards and receptions and stuff that he'd put up and the consistency that he'd produced that. So I did give the tiebreaker to Traylon Burks, but I loved George Pickens. was really high on him. Actually, at one point in my process before everything was finalized, I think he was like my wide receiver three in the class. So I did calm down on him a little bit, but um, I was really high on him. Loved the dude. And he had a really interesting kind of solid um exciting year he's one of those big play guys so the more i've thought about it it's like he kind of is almost like mike williams you know what i mean like he has like these incredible moments of these incredible catches that are really exciting and i think that hypes people to a bigger extent maybe than it even should so i feel like he got a lot more buzz than he even maybe should have even though i love pickens and i think he's a great player so he played in 17 games as well he had 85 targets, 52 receptions, 800 receiving, 801 receiving yards, sorry, 15.4 yards per reception, 1,323 air yards, four receiving touchdowns, and he averaged 9.8 fantasy points per game. So again, if we're looking at sort of the underlying stats, things like that, he had a 15.6% target share, which is not great. It was 58th in the NFL. I think in my head, and I think a lot of people probably feel like this. If you just thought about it, you'd probably think it was a lot higher than that because of the amount of buzz that he got and the amount of like, you know, good vibes that everybody was giving him. Um, he had a 16.3% target rate, which again, isn't great. It's 87th in the NFL. So that speaks to how many times was he targeted per route run. Um, but let's obviously remember, you know, obviously they struggle with their offensive line. It was a rookie quarterback. So there are things to think about and consider. He did have actually a 7.69 target quality rating, which was fifth in the NFL. So that's very interesting to me in a in a negative way. Like it's like his targets were really good um, and he didn't actually produce that much with what he got. If you think about it in a big, and I please don't come at me. Don't at me. People, George Pickens hive is like fanatical and I love George Pickens. So I'm not, I'm just trying to be realistic and I'm trying to be non-biased. Like I said, uh, he had an 81.2% catchable target rate, which is 25th. So that's pretty solid. 631 unrealized air yards, 22nd in the NFL, 109 yards after the catch. So that's not, not great. Um, 94, 94th. And he's never been a big yak guy. He was kind of a, a really good contested catch guy, really good down the field, very aggressive player. Um, and then he had a 29.2% dominator rating, which is actually really good. That's 16th in the NFL. That's what really impresses me um, about him. So again, we do have to remember these guys like Garrett Wilson and stuff, they're blowing the doors off of our expectations of what rookies can and should accomplish in their rookie years. I think in most rookie classes, what Pickens has put up there is really solid and we'd probably be really happy and really impressed with what he did. I think it's just because we're comparing him to Garrett Wilson and, you know, um, Drake London, these guys that were maybe a little bit like not bummed out, but when we start looking at the stats, we start wondering like, oh, is he as good as we thought he was? Things like that. Um, but again, let's, let's not forget. I mean, we're talking about a 15.6% target share. CD Lamb at 18%. That's pretty much the same ballpark, you know. Uh, it's not a million miles away, you know. He had a 29.2% dominator rating, which was much better than CD Lamb's his rookie year. So there's certainly things to like about him. There's certainly things to be excited about. Um, I'm gonna look up the PFF grades and I'll I'll mention Traylon Burks as well because I forgot to. But why what are your thoughts on George Pickens? I don't think you were as high on him as I was. Um, but how do you feel about him now that you've seen his rookie year? Yeah, I believe not quite as high. He was my wide receiver eight, but still solid. Uh, a round one rookie pick which did lead me to having some exposure to George Pickens because he was kind of like right on the edge of round one round two 
uh, in most leagues. And uh, I thought he was a prospect who, like, he had, he honestly had just as high a ceiling as anybody in, in the class, I thought, uh, just pure ceiling-wise. But obviously the, there was a floor to him, and I did not love the landing spot very much, um, mostly because I don't like Kenny Pickett very much. Uh, and now I thought Kenny Pickett looked all right down the stretch of the season, but I still don't think Kenny Pickett is that anything to write home about, and that's going to be his QB. Um, also... I think people have like highlight rose covered glasses, uh, rose colored glasses for for George Pickens' rookie season because outside of the highlight catches, he didn't really do all that much for you. Um, like you 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 went through the stats, he 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 wasn't really helping your teams week to week at all. He does make those impossible, amazing highlight catches that make you go, "Oh my gosh!" Like he is has all the talent in the world, but. For whatever reason it is, whether it's just his role in the offense, QB, you know, the the offensive system, uh, the, the production is not there. Uh, not where you want it to be, especially compared to where a lot of this class was. So I think he is a sell at this point pretty easily. I actually really like your comparison to Mike Williams. Uh, I think that their type of play is really similar. I'd be trying to get out of the George Pickens business if if you have them, uh, I, I currently am trying to, although I haven't really been able to find anything yet with my exposure to him. Um, but like just from this class, uh, I would rather have Jahan Dotson, which I'm sure we'll get to Traylon Burke still, uh, one that I was very wrong about. And I just, uh, sure is coming up very soon. Christian Watson, I'd much rather have DJ Moore still, you know, uh, Marquise Brown, like these are all players that are in the same area, but I know that based on where you look for consensus uh pickens is above some of these people yeah and, and i agree and i and i again to to your point kind of going back to what i said earlier i really the more i've thought about it since the season's ended i really like that comparison to mike williams as well because honestly mike williams is one of those guys that the people that love mike williams always loved him too much you know what i mean i always felt like mm-hmm. i always had very little to no exposure to mike williams because he just always went before i was comfortable taking him because he had that one year with i believe philip rivers where he had like 10 touchdowns in me or something like that and yeah. he was like really good for fantasy or even then relatively good like he was a wide receiver three i think but he was like solid for where yeah. you got him off the waiver wire if you were playing redraft or you got him really cheaply or something if people have been frustrated with him but then ever since then it was like he's so boomer bust or he's just not really producing much if he's not getting you your touchdowns things like that he is talented 100 he's very capable um but like you said it could be a lot of the scheme it could be the system it could be the quarterback um it could just the ceiling's not there so it's frustrating because i love him as a prospect and i love him as a player but i do agree with you i feel like he is a sell i feel like that i feel like honestly you could quite easily get some of these other guys we've just talked about for pickings maybe straight up or at least with a very little something added on and i think the ceiling is just higher with these other guys because he's not offering you any yak um you know you don't know how many touchdowns you're going to be getting for sure with pickings especially if deontay johnson sticks around he got zero touchdowns this year that's an anomaly he's going to get some touchdowns Najee's going to get some touchdowns firemu's going to get some touchdowns you know what i mean it's like can you can you guarantee me he's going to score 10 touchdowns next year? No, absolutely not. You can't do that with anybody. So, um, yeah, I mean, and again, for PFF, just for the sake of transparency, we've been talking about this all along, 50 targets, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, Traylon Burks certainly scored a 
good bit lower than these other guys that we talked about. He was wide receiver 28 for their overall offensive grade on PFF. And as far as just the actual route running, he was wide receiver 32. Um, but if we're looking at George Pickens, um, just to kind of, again, compare and contrast, Pickens was actually even worse than that. So that's the interesting thing to me. So Pickens was uh, wide receiver 48 for their overall offensive grade. And as far as just the specific route running, wide receiver 47. So there you go. I really like him, and I actually do think he has a lot of um, – there is a lot of good things about him, but I think that he's been overhyped because, like you said, he makes those play – those amazing plays. He'll make that one play that you're like, how did he do that? I don't understand how he did that. And then because of that, people are just so excited about what could be. Um, so I think he's a sell, unfortunately. I love the guy. I think he's a sell. Um, but yes, moving on, we have a couple guys left. To, only three guys left to talk about here. I know this has been going on for a long time, but it is only one episode a week, so I'm sure you guys can enjoy it. Break it up into two if you need to. Um, we got Jahan Dotson next. So Jahan Dotson came right behind George Pickens for me. So I had an 83 prospect grade on him, which George Pickens was an 84. So just a little bit behind, sort of a later first round pick. So I was happy taking him sort of anywhere like the 108. 110 area um, of your rookie drafts. Probably he had a really solid rookie year. He's a guy who I'm pretty excited about the future for. And I think he's one of the ones that you do try and want to put a little bit of context to his stats because there was some injuries and things like that there. Um, you know, John Dotson, he played in 12 games this year. He had 61 targets, 35 receptions, 523 receiving yards, 14.9 yards per reception. 826 air yards, seven touchdowns. So he was very efficient at scoring touchdowns. As far as sort of like his underlying stats, he had a 15.9% target share, which was 56th, 17.5% target rate, which is 76th. Um, so neither of those is overly exciting. 5.41 target quality, which is 52nd. So Again, bear that in mind. You know, Wentz, some of the year, he wasn't too good. Uh, we had the Taylor Heineke experience again. And then we had like one game of somehow. So it was a lot of just mishmash of a lot of things going on, um, a lot of you know change, a lot of stuff happening. He had only only a seventy point five percent of his targets were deemed catchable. That is seventy eighth in the NFL. So that's not very good. Um, Three hundred ninety seven unrealized air yards, which was fifty sixth in the NFL. He only produced ninety four yards after the catch, which does concern me. I'll be honest, one hundred and third in the NFL, and um, he but he did have a thirty point three percent dominator rating which was 14th in the nfl again a lot of that could be the offensive you know how efficient he was with the touchdowns but what i will say about you know dotson in general is i thought he had the best hands in this class i think he's a very good route runner i think he's very solid for him to be able to come in to a team that had that much struggle with the quarterback play and his own struggles with injuries as a rookie and competing with guys like Terry McLaurin, who we know is a great route runner, who we know is a very efficient um, and good receiver and guys like Curtis Samuel and guys like Antonio Gibson and to still put up those solid numbers. I feel like Jahan Dawson is one of the biggest buys out of this rookie class because I feel like people, they're still not valuing him for what he could be. They're still not respecting him for what he did produce. But before I bring up the PFF grades and all that sort of stuff and kind of put a tie up on that, I would do want to hear from Wyatt because I know Wyatt was a big Jahan Dotson guy. I really liked him a lot. So what are your thoughts after the rookie year? Are you even higher on him? Do you have him as like wide receiver three overall? What are your thoughts, Wyatt? Yeah, he is. He is a buy. I agree with you completely. He was my wide receiver six um, after the NFL draft. And 
basically before the NFL draft as well. He was, he, I had like, you know, him um, and Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, like all close together kind of throughout the whole process. I thought he was basically diet Chris Olave, which is why I had him right, right after Chris Olave in my rankings. They're very similar players. I thought similar in size, both had speed, good route running, uh, good hands. Not much after the catch though. Like we saw, we got to see like a little bit from from Dotson, although like it doesn't really show in in the in the stats. But like there, he had a couple of plays where he showed the ability to run in the open field. I just think he didn't really have the opportunity to very much. Um, knack for the red zone right off the bat, which was great to see. You know, his whole he, same as Chris Olave, he just seemed like his knacks where he's undersizing his senior declare, and it's just like who cares at this point? You know, um, he's got everything else. And his play is clearly there. Uh, it would not surprise me if him and Terry McLaurin are basically 1A, 1B in the offense in terms of uh, receiving options. It wouldn't surprise me if he took over Terry McLaurin as the wide receiver one in the offense personally. I think the only thing that you have to actually worry about with with John Dotson is what is the QB situation? Because we really don't know in Washington. Um, but I am absolutely willing to bet on the talent. Um, I know that I'm above consensus. Uh, and, and like you said, I, I, I think he's a buy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you've said there. I think that I think he's probably the guy out of everyone that we've talked about here. You can probably get the biggest discount on because I don't think there were that many truthers beforehand. I think people started to get excited when he was scoring touchdowns and doing really well. And then he was injured for a good chunk in the middle of the season. And then with all the disarray, I think people are just pretty like, meh, whatever with him. Um, I'm not like, in love as in like, I'm not probably as high on him as Wyatt, but I have him around wide receiver 25, 26 in my dynasty rankings. So like a low end wide receiver two, very high end wide receiver three. Um, and I think there's potential for growth there. I think that, but there's just, there is quite a lot of good wide receivers at the minute in the NFL. Um, so it's hard to get them all inside your top 24 as, um, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, so yeah, I, I really like him. I think you can get a really good discount, a good deal on him. Um, but surprisingly, so I, I will say that, you know, for PFF, they didn't love him. So PFF has again, same sort of goalpost we've been talking about. They had him as wide receiver 40 and overall just receiving, you know, overall offensive grade. Um, and then wide receiver 31 one as far as just looking at specifically route running so they got that one wrong (laughs) of course of course they did Wyatt um so yeah they're not in love with him but again we're not talking about a Garrett Wilson or Chris Alave or a Drake London who you know could be your wide receiver one going forward talking about a really nice solid player that you can get on the cheap that could very easily be like your wide receiver three your flex play that has good upside touchdown equity things like that I like him. I think he's certainly worth, you know, going in and knocking on the door of the Jahan Dotson manager, seeing what they're thinking. I've seen a lot of people getting some pretty sweet deals on him. Two more guys to talk about. One I'm very excited to talk about. One I'm very sad to talk about. So we're going to talk about the next guy up, which was Sky Moore. Really, really disappointed me this year. So in the, this is, again, everything we've been talking about is my pre-draft. This was me doing my film study, doing my draft grades, and putting it out like a week before the NFL draft. So this was kind of like scary at the time because I was like, man, what if I put I put Sky Moore here at an 82.5, only half point behind Jahan Dotson. What if he's like a fourth round pick or something? You just don't know. Now he did go in the second round to the Kansas State Chiefs. I got really excited by that. I was like, oh yes, this is going to be brilliant because unlike Nicole Hardman, I actually really liked Sky Moore's tape. I loved what I saw from him. I thought the guy's the limit with this guy no pun intended and um yeah he just really disappointed i mean there's no other way to 
that there's no other way to put it. He had loads of opportunity. He had arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, one of the highest scoring, highest powered offenses in the NFL. And I mean, the dude just pretty much face planted. Let's be honest. Like he was an absolute waste. And the sad thing is I had a lot of him because I had a lot of late firsts last year. Um, I had one eights, one nines, one tens, those kind of picks. And he was mostly there when I got to, and so I was taking him over, you know, because after he got to the Kansas City Chiefs, I bumped him slightly ahead of Jahan Dotson because I was like, well, let's be honest. I mean, we're going to be more excited about the Chiefs and the Commanders <laughs> as a landing spot. So I was taking him right ahead of Jahan Dotson and the next guy we're going to talk about, sadly. And, um, you know, that just really blew up in my face. So he he literally, he's done close to nothing uh, his whole rookie year. He played in 16 games. He only had 33 targets, 22 receptions, 250 receiving yards, 11.4 yards per reception, 282 air yards, no receiving touchdowns. He averaged 2.7 fantasy points per game, which I don't know if you're keeping track at home, but that is not good. I'm here to tell you more uh more insight and analysis like this so yeah he had a 5.6 percent target share 22.1 percent target rate um 4.93 target quality 75.8 percent catchable target rate 170 unrealized air yards 138 yards after the catch and a 2.5 percent dominator rating like I will hands up to say I, I missed a swing and a miss from me on this one. I apologize if anybody listened to my advice and took him in the late first round. I mean, again, I was never advocating for taking him 101, 103, 105, but I myself took him a lot of places in like 109, 109, 110, 111, and it just feels like it was a waste of a pick. And, you know, absolutely he could, you know, come back next year and, and play really well that could in theory happen but i'm not holding my breath for that because we played that song and dance every year with me harbin for years about how oh he's had a whole off season with patrick mahomes he looks really good this is going to be the year he's going to be amazing and he just wasn't and again i understand that skymore came from a smaller school and there's that whole you know there's a transition to the nfl but let's be honest we're going to talk about a guy here in a minute who came from a smaller school as well and he had a lot of things stacked against him I think this is just one of those unfortunate ones where we talk about this all the time. We'll talk about this this offseason. Nothing is a sure thing. And first round picks aren't a sure thing. Even first round picks, you're not going to have a hundred percent hit rate on. We had, you know, you have your 12 picks in your rookie draft. You'll be lucky if five or six of them are hits. You know, I think we were really lucky if you had a really solid rookie draft and the right people were getting take taken. You probably have eight or nine guys out of that first round that you're feeling pretty good about now, but you're going to have two or three that you're just really sad that you took that pick and sky Moore's probably one of those guys I, I don't know what you think Wyatt. do you have any sort of different feelings on him were you i don't think you were as high on him as i was um are you sort of like just throwing him to the wayside now or what's your thoughts on sky Moore? i did i actually had him as my 109 as well as my uh wide receiver seven i was just lucky enough to have jahan dotson ahead of him and jahat dotson was basically always available um in that same area for me. So I, I have very little ended up having very little exposure to him. So I got lucky in that way, but I was wrong. You know, uh, I, I was excited for sky Moore too. Yeah. He you know, came from a small school, but he was an early declare from a small school, which doesn't happen often. So that kind of, I thought at least canceled out the fact that he came from a small school. Um, I like the athletic measurables. He's a little bit short, but who cares? You know, like I was saying earlier about the John Dotson, that doesn't really bother me anymore. But this was just an absolute disaster of a season. I, I'm completely out at this point. If you can get a second of any kind, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, I I, I mean, anything less than that, you might as well just hang on to Sky Moore and just hope something happens. But 
he couldn't get on the field in a in a weak wide receiver room when there were injuries like <laughs> how, how there's no defending that in my opinion i i did like i made a comment about like towards the end of the season that basically you know he face planted and so I, I got some pushback saying well uh you know you gotta wait for next year because juju won't be there and then he'll be able to play in the slot like that's not a reason to like somebody uh, if he can only get on the field when that other person isn't there, when they're starting Justin Watson on the outside, you know, like that's a problem. Yes, you can say, well, he plays in he plays in the slot. He doesn't play on the outside. Well, that's also a problem. If he can only play on the inside and he requ- then requires injuries for him to then get there. And then the Chiefs also then traded for Kadarius Tony. Like, I, there's just, I, I, I don't think there's any reason to be hopeful. I hate to be like so, so down on Sky Moore, especially because, like I said, I liked him. Um, but I just don't think there's anything, any reason to be excited right now. I agree, unfortunately. And I think, you know, we're not in the building. We don't see the conversations and how he's developing as a person and a player and all that kind of stuff. But to me, in the middle of the season, when they're willing to trade for Kadarius Tony, that was a worry. That was a big worry for me where I was like, Agreed. okay, they're clearly not seeing what they want to see from this guy, from Sky Moore. Um, you know, and that's just one of many factors. I agree with you that people can get better after their rookie year. Of course they can. And people can struggle their rookie year and get better and all that kind of stuff. But I think he face planted to such an extent that, yeah, a hundred percent. And I think this is where you have to just be realistic and be honest with yourself. And whether you're a dynasty player, a dynasty analyst, whatever, you're going to miss sometimes. And when you miss, the worst thing you can do is just double down on that miss, I think. And so for me, the good, the silver lining is the fact, like you said, you said, you put it out there on the Twitter verse that, you know, he's a face plant and you got pushback that encourages me because that means <laughs> right. that there's, there's going to be people left. who are going to go on that fool's errand of they're going to buy into that secret sauce of like, Oh, you know, like, especially imagine if the chiefs get to the super bowl or win the super bowl, this going to be, Oh, chiefs just won the super bowl. Uh, you know, Juju's gone. He's had a full off season with Patrick Mahomes. They're showing great chemistry, blah, blah, blah. And people are going to be excited. So you, you would be surprised, maybe not right now, but get a little bit further into the off season, you know, get past the Super Bowl. You might be able to get a second round pick for him still. You might be able to get who knows what, you know, once the, you know, kind of once the off season starts, you know, once, once the actual like training camps and things like that happen might be the right time to offload him. Because again, think back to Michael Hardman. Every year for like three seasons, people would start beating that drum every off season. Like, oh man, he looks good. Oh, he's really showing something here. Oh, training camp, he's the fastest player or he's this or whatever. And it's like every year people were falling for it. So my advice and what I'll certainly be doing, I'll be waiting a little bit. I'll shop him, see if anything happens. If there's a drum beat that starts, I'm willing at this point. Because again, it's a game of odds. It's a game of, you know, you've got to take your shots and take your, take your lumps as well. I'm happy being wrong at this stage on the other side of it. I was wrong this year, but if I sell him for a solid 23 second, get a player I really like again, take another shot on that. And then he ends up being solid next year. That's okay. I took it. I took a miss because I think it's a risk worth taking. Cause I think the worst thing you can do is just double down and be like, no, I'm going to hold on to him. And then a year or two goes by and you're literally just dropping him on the waiver wire. So it was a first round pick. You just threw in the garbage. So last guy here before we get out of here. And I am very excited to hear, um, Wyatt walk back his takes from the off season here. This is somebody that 
I actually got a lot of pushback um, from including him as a first round pick. A lot of people, especially analytics people, I'll be honest, um, basically very much maligned my take that Christian Watson was deserving of a first round rookie pick um, in one QB leagues. So I give him an 81.5 prospect grade. This is pre-draft. Um, I just loved the film. I loved, again, we've talked about it. I'm a ceiling kind of guy. And so when I look at it, I was like, man, this guy's got some rare talent, some rare traits. He's very tall. He's very fast. He could be awesome in the NFL. He's able to do things that not a lot of players can do at his size. Um, yes, he has warts. Yes, he needs to work on some drops. Yes, he needs to work on some route running and things like that. But he was able to do some things that not a lot of people could do. I was very sad that my Minnesota Vikings did not take him and instead traded him away to the Green Bay Packers. He started out a bit rough. You know, he had his, he had um, some drops in the early season. He had some injuries that he had to deal with, but man, he came on very nicely. And I absolutely think if anyone deserves this, he deserves. Man, he is a dog. He absolutely was a dog down the stretch there. And I do think there's a lot more meat on the bones. So we're going to talk about kind of the, the stats and facts and figures played in 14 games, had 65 targets, 41 receptions, 611 receiving yards, 14.9 yards per reception. 896 air yards and seven receiving touchdowns. So it is a little bit worrying whenever a player is too efficient. So then you can sort of say, if maybe say, if, say somebody gets like 20 targets and they have like 10 touchdowns, that's not a good thing because it means that regression is coming because nobody can beat those kind of odds over time. But when you actually look at the underlying stats, I actually think Watson could do better um, moving forward. He had a 15.2% target share. So that's not incredible, but it's not terrible. Um, again, we talked about CD Lamb, I believe, had around a 17% target share his rookie year. He had a 25.5% target rate, which is really solid, is 25th in the NFL. So when he was out on the field, when he was healthy, when he was running routes, he was drawing targets, he was getting targets. Interestingly, I know we all think of Aaron Rodgers as an incredibly talented, incredibly efficient, incredibly accurate quarterback, but Christian Watson's target rating, target quality was only 4.56, which is 90th in the NFL. So the targets he was getting weren't very accurate. They weren't very um, catchable even. It was only 61.5% of his targets were deemed catchable, which is 94th in the league. He had 569 unrealized air yards, which is 26th. So there was again, a lot of even bigger boom potential that he didn't hit. He had 284 yards after the catch, which is great. 27th in the league. And he had a 25.5% dominator rating, which was 27th in the league. So for a guy that came from a smaller school, had a bigger transition to make, um, a lot of people in the dynasty community were super down on. And I'm not saying I was the only one. I know there were several other people, Derek Brown. There was a lot of other people that really loved Christian Watson, maybe even loved him more than I did. But I know I stuck to my guns and I said, look, I think he's worthy of your late first round pick 111, 112. If you got that first, I would take it on Christian Watson. And then when he went to Green Bay with second round draft capital, I felt really good about it. He had a really bad off season, like and the up building up. And then the first couple of games were really rough and it looked bad, but it definitely came good. I feel really solid about it. What are your thoughts, Wyatt? Let's hear you wax lyrical about Christian Watson. <laughs> Before I say anything, I was wrong. Uh, I did not have him as a first round pick. I had David Bell over Christian Watson, which looks just completely idiotic at this point. Um, I I did have concerns about what kind of player he could be in the NFL. I just I I didn't know if he would be just more of a uh, manufactured touch player, deep threat kind of a player. Can he develop into you know a full route tree, 
all those things. Well, his hands were a little bit suspect in college. Will he be able to work on that? You know, and while I do have some concerns that he is a little bit over reliant on the big play for fantasy, and I don't know his true potential, what that really is in terms in the NFL, a realistic true potential, uh, if he can develop a full route tree, that whole thing. I think you have to be able to recognize that some players are just better at making those explosive plays happen than others. And Christian Watson is absolutely one of those people. Yes, we can kind of get lost in athletic testing for a lot of players where it just never translates to the field. Christian Watson is someone where that athletic testing absolutely does translate to the field when you see him take a simple crossing route across the field and take it you know 60 yards because he can just outrun everybody on that field and he's more agile than he should be for his size as well you can make those big plays happen i mean he was number one in fantasy points per target i i think like i he is that kind of a guy yes he he's probably a dog (laughs) he absolutely is a dog he's probably going to be a boom bust player you know fantasy wise which i don't think is a reason to dislike a player um most wide receivers are more boom bust than people would like to actually admit in the first place uh but that's not a reason to dislike a person um because he has weak winning potential any week we we've already seen it it's already happened as a rookie uh i i I was wrong i i've you know moved him up I'll, I'll say, though, I have him behind Traylon Burks and Jahan Dotson in my dynasty rankings right now because I think that they are more com- potent- can be more complete wide receivers. I would not argue with anybody having Christian Watson above them. It's just my personal preference uh, with them, considering I was significantly lower, you know, on Christian Watson than those other two in the draft, you know, lead in the evaluation process. Um, but, yeah, he's he's an excited player. You. I know that was difficult. (laughs) I'm very proud of you. No, like absolutely agree. I mean, I think that, you know, for me, he's one of those guys, like I love Christian Watson and I'm super excited because he's a big hit and it was a dangerous pick, you know, for me at the time to go out there and say, Hey, he's a first round pick. Cause a lot of people give me grief over it. A lot of people were saying, man, I would much rather have Romeo Dobbs than Christian Watson. I'd much rather have, you know, um, Jalen Tolbert than Christian. I mean, there was a lot of other players that people were throwing out there, like, you know, very, very down on Christian Watson. So I feel good about it. But at the same time, I'm realistic. Like I said, I'm not going to, I think he's, you know, for me at the moment in my dynasty rankings, um, and I, and I am a believer in him. I'm a hot truther. He's like a, you know, 23, 24, somewhere around there. Why did you were 23, 24, 25, something like that. He's not like a wide receiver 10 or 12, you know, he is. So, a, so now we agree. He's a bit more boomer bust um, and that's okay. And I think he still can take a step forward. I think he's one of those guys, man, if you can have him as your like wide receiver three on your team, that's amazing. I love that because he, like you said, he absolutely will have those weeks where he's only giving you like eight points, 10 points or whatever, six points. And that sucks, but he has those weeks where he's going to give you 38 points. And you're like, that just absolutely wins your week. So you don't want to over rely on him and make him your wide receiver one on your team. That's probably a bad move, but He's certainly talented. He's only been a rookie. He's done a lot. He has a lot left on on there to progress with. I'm excited about him. Again, guys, so just to recap, we, I don't, this has been a long episode. I may even split it into two. I'm not sure yet. But just to recap there, so my pre-NFL draft 
rookie wide receiver rankings were Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, Sky Moore, Christian Watson. Personally, only one of those, in my opinion, was an absolute bust. So one out of nine was an absolute bust and lame. And I apologize for that, but it was at the end of the picks. I feel pretty good about it. And I think if I had to redo it, you know, now with hindsight being 2020, there's not that much I would actually change. I mean, Garrett Wilson would still be one. Drake London would still be two. Chris Olave would move up to three over Jamison Williams. I probably would have Jamison Williams still around somewhere in the middle there because I do believe in him and I don't think we really got to see what he was doing. Traylon Burks and George Pickens fairly similar still. I would probably have Jahan Dotson maybe just right there, maybe right ahead of them. And then Christian Watson, I would probably bump up. You know, I'd probably put him right, I'd put him right above the sort of Pickens and Burks guys, but behind still Olave, Williams, London, and Wilson. So I feel pretty confident and comfortable um, with that. And I know obviously we've talked about Wyatt's and why it was pretty similar with a lot of them. So I, again, you know, this is just sort of saying, I want to be honest and transparent with you guys who take your time to listen to the show. Really appreciate that. And I want to make sure that I'm giving you good content. I want to be honest about the content and show you why you should be listening to the show, why you should be listening in the off season, listening to these breakdowns, getting yourself ready for those rookie drafts. I will just highlight very quickly. We're not going to go into anywhere near the detail. Just a couple of the guys that didn't hit that first round pick, but I still think are valuable rookies that had a good season that you should look into maybe acquiring in the off season, see what the price is for me. The main guys I would talk about just really quickly would be Wandale Robinson um, and Khalil Shakir probably. So Wandale Robinson really was looking good, really hitting the ground running. We know what the Giants are capable of. We know what they've been doing under Dable. Wandale Robinson just had an injury. I think if he hadn't got injured, people would be a lot more excited and a lot higher on him than they are right now. I think it's a really good time to get in there. It was this regime who's doing really good job and looks like they're going to be around for a while that picked him they obviously like him they want him if you can get him for like a mid to late second round pick at the minute i would absolutely do that if you can get him for you know as a throw in on a bigger deal another guy that hasn't had as much of an impact but is coming on now later in the season similar sort of a vein to christian watson and even sky moore's khalil shakir he didn't come from as small a school he came from boise state very productive awesome like just jack of all trades able to go in the slot able to go outside able to do end arounds he looked really good in this last buffalo bills game i think he could have a really big impact here on the playoffs it might boost his value a little bit but might be a good time to get in get a deal on him um now is there any other rookies that you wanted to just pick out or highlight or mention there before we go wyatt no those are actually probably the two that we didn't talk about that i would like to i would mention as people to be excited about uh, I, I can talk about how I was significantly wrong about Jalen Tolbert some more if you'd like. But, <laughs> yeah, I think we but, both were. I really liked yeah. Jalen Tolbert. I mean, we don't have to go into the weeds. It's been a long episode. But yeah, I think for me, the lesson that I learned with Jalen Tolbert really quickly is, you know, we talked about Christian Watson. There were some things people were worried about, you know, coming from a smaller school, taking a longer time to get to the NFL. Those weren't as important. They, were, they worked out um, because he had some athletic traits. He had some things that were rare that we could hang our hat on. And we saw things like in the senior bowl where he really showed out and looked awesome uh sky Moore was the other end of the spectrum he was really productive and early declared didn't work out you know that that's unfortunate i think with Jalen tolbert he was kind of he was a mixture of both sides of of the bad if that makes sense he was an older um player yeah. took longer to get there from a smaller school so that's a knock against him he didn't have any outstanding athletic traits um that's a knock against him all we really had was that he did look good on tape, but we have to remember he came from a smaller school. So he was playing, yeah. he was an older player 
from a smaller school playing against other smaller schools and he had a solid senior bowl. So there was a lot less for us to be excited about. So again, it's not that we're wrong necessarily, but it's like, that was a bigger swing and a bigger miss. Thankfully it was only like a second round or even later, you know, miss. It wasn't like we were taking him in the first round, but I think for me, that's the main takeaway is just like, look, absolutely. We can go against the grain, whether it be analytical wisdom or film wisdom, but when there's too many red, flags you know for analytics and for film then we maybe need to like pump the brakes a little bit and just you know say okay hold on you know maybe we should be a little bit more uh wary of someone like that in the future somebody who's maybe a bit older taking longer to get there from a smaller school doesn't have any rare athletic traits things like that you know that that would be my sort of takeaway on it i don't know if you agree with that yeah yeah i do i mean looking back i think that makes a lot of sense you look back at it and there wasn't anything in his profile that was like you could really hang your hat on. It was just like, well, he's like looks good in a lot of places, right? But like you said, there was nothing that you could like really hang your hat on to make you say this will this this is the reason why he will overcome being a small school prospect. Absolutely. But there you go, guys. We have recapped all of the major sort of wide receivers from the 2022 class. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you learned something from it. Hopefully it's given you some food for thought, maybe players to trade for, trade away. Hopefully it's given you a bit of confidence as we move into the offseason to stick with Dynasty Debates, to listen to the show, listen to the guests, get some more information on this upcoming rookie class. We're going to be diving into the 2023 class. We're going to do some more recaps over the next couple of weeks for the running backs, tight ends, um, and even the quarterbacks. There's not as much to talk about with the quarterbacks for this rookie class but again Wyatt super awesome dude really appreciate you coming on buddy thank you so much guys if you don't already I always say this and I do mean it make sure and go follow Wyatt if you're on Twitter he is an awesome guy super kind helpful knowledgeable go check out his work over at JWB fantasy DLF fantasy pros expert consensus rankings he does a lot of things he does them really well check him out over at wyatt b underscore ff is there anything you want to plug or shout out or you know just give them give a moment to talk about before we go here wyatt just thank you for having me on yet again i always enjoy it hey thank you so much for coming on and thank you for being patient i know it's been a really long episode so i apologize we had a lot to talk through i think we smashed it we absolutely nailed it i'm gonna give us one of these drops for us man he is a dog I think we're, we both, proved, I agree. <laughs> we were, we were absolute dogs today. We're talking through these rookie wide receivers. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Make sure and leave a five-star rating review. If you enjoyed the show, get subscribed, get following up on these awesome episodes and we will speak to you again. I draft zero RB in dynasty. Pass up a young receiver. Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven I forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate